It is a football Sunday, Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Falcons and the Tennessee Titans today. Titans are an interesting team, Joe Patrick. Uh, Falcons insider reporter, Harper LeBeau, of course, a uh, longtime Falcons star. Hey, Joe, this is a uh, team that is um, really banged up a little bit in key places. That uh, if you read all the papers in Nashville, presuming people still read papers, uh, if you read all the blogs and whatnot, that there's some question about whether or not they're just going to strip this team out. Yeah, I mean, because it's a tough one. Because if you're purely looking at this like transactionally and trying to make your team best for the future, probably makes sense to get rid get rid of some of these players, try to get something back for them in terms of draft picks, whatever it might be. But if you're Mike Vrabel, obviously you don't want to concede anything, and and particularly him with the kind of character that he is. That's kind of his been his mo the entire time. So it'll be, I think it'll be interesting to see how the that relationship goes on with the Titans GM and 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 Coach Vrabel there uh, with they, while they go through this process. Because since he's been there, they've kind of just been this consistent, competitive, hard nosed team that's been pretty talented too, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So it'll be interesting to see how that evolves. Yeah, I think he's the guy that says, "I'll take your misfit toys." Yeah. And I'll take two draft picks, and I'm going to get you to the playoffs. Yeah, or at least exactly. that's you know. And the, by the way, they're five and zero under Vrabel mm-hmm. uh, after the bye. Mm-hmm. No, I mean definitely worth keeping in mind. Derrick Henry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that alone, uh, you know, I mean, when you got a Hall of Famer at running back, yeah, and, and one of the you know arguably one of the ten or fifteen best running backs in the history of the game, because uh, I think he's that good. Uh, you know, you know, yeah, you're going to be in a lot of games. All right, uh, but talk to me about injuries because. Yeah. What they don't have is a veteran quarterback today. They got a they got a young guy from Kentucky. Yep, they're going to be without Ryan Tannehill, still dealing with an ankle injury. So yeah, we expect Will Levis, the rookie quarterback out of Kentucky, to start. We also, I think, expect to see a le- at least a little bit of Malik Willis uh, last year's their pick out of Liberty. So, um, but that's a, obviously a big, big miss for the Titans. They'll also be without some reserves: uh, Josh Wiley, a tight end, and Roger McCreary, a corner. Uh, they'll be without today, along with they've got a list of about 13 guys who are on their injury report who have had some sort of issue that has caused them to be limited or, or just you know be on the injury report with something this week. I think there's a little bit more interesting stuff on the Falcons side of this, which we don't like to talk about. We never want to be talking about Falcons injuries, but um, Bud Dupree cropped up as a limited participant in Friday's practice with a groin. So don't like to see someone who's not been on the injury report then pop up on a Friday. So keep an eye on his uh, status as we go into the game today. And then an interesting one that was dropped yesterday by the team was that they've signed a punter to their practice squad who was then immediately elevated to the game day roster for this one uh, as Bradley Pinion is apparently sick with an illness. We do not expect him to play. The, the punter that they will be using is Pat O'Donnell, a guy who's punted with the Bears. Obviously, uh, a lot of front office connections between the Falcons and Bears. So uh, there you go. That might have an interesting play because if it comes to coup again, you've got a new holder. Um, hopefully yeah, that isn't an issue that uh, turns into one. Um, and will he kick off? That's another thing. Yeah. Youngways hasn't kicked. Opinion's, right, that's right. Opinion's been Opinion nailed with kickoffs. that. Yeah. 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 So that's you, my special yeah, team you, Your sheet is full of yellow. Oh, I know. Well, just defensive line. you got Simmons, Autry, you got Tart. They've all been cleared to play, but they right. have had some issues. And again, with the bye week, so you've got an extra week for all like You know, there's a concussion protocol. There's two of those. Derrick Henry was on the list, but he's been cleared to play for obvious reasons. You know, the the, the, the great majority of the, the guys that I see with Tennessee are, are you know, they're not 100%, but they're they're back. And and that's the biggest thing. Uh, uh, Traylon Burks, he had a knee 
He's back from injury and will probably start today. He's one of those guys. And DeAndre Hopkins, he's been cleared. You know, this is DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. This guy, he's a baller, and he's he's only had 27 catches there this some, season. There were some rumors about DeAndre Hopkins, speaking of about John, about guys they could potentially get rid of. Apparently he had an autograph signing session that was canceled. It uh, was supposed to be for yesterday. Obviously nothing's happened uh, leading up to the game. He'll play today, I would assume, but... Again, another one of those pieces that could definitely be on the move. Uh, DeAndre, nah, we don't want you to sign autographs <laughs> at the mall. Was... Uh, we'd rather have you uh, just stay in the hotel. Would you? <laughs> could you do that for us just for a little while and wait for a phone call? <laughs> well, you, you mentioned McCreary. I mean, he's starting nickel back and, uh, you know, maybe their best uh, corner in a lot of ways. They trade Kevin Bayard. They're starting veteran safety. Yep. Yep. Uh, and so they don't have McCreary. This they will don't be the first well, time in six years they haven't had him in their lineup. He started from day one. Yep. McCreary, or, excuse me, Barrett has. It's but. an interesting one because so we expect the weather conditions to be pretty sloppy. It's funny because it's a bright, sunshiny day here in Atlanta, but it's I guess it's not so much in Nashville. They've well, let me get an update. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. While, while, while I'm that. talking, you can give me the update. But if it is a sloppy game, that would not play in the Falcons' favor because – I would think that where the advantages are for the Falcons are in the passing game. Uh, Desmond Ritter has thrown for more yards than any quarterback in the NFL over the last three weeks, except for Patrick Mahomes, and that's thanks to 420 yards that yeah. Mahomes threw for last week. Um, and I think that just where, if you look at personnel-wise at, at Tennessee's defense, I think the vulnerabilities are definitely in that secondary where they've got those big boys up front. Yeah, they They're can, always they stout can stop up front. the run. I mean, yeah. just think of what the, what it's like practicing exactly every yeah, day they go against, against Derrick Henry. Henry. They, 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 oh, I'll tackle you. <laughs> yeah. Tyler Algier, you're no Bijan piece of cake compared to what we have to do every week. What's a, what? Uh, Chopper five is going to go up to uh, get the uh, traffic, and then we've got a weather like report the, from the John Howard Stern. Uh, uh, you, are you going to do traffic uh, in Nashville? I mean, I can tell you this: it sucks. Okay, that I know. <laughs> well, where does it? Where isn't traffic bad? All right, what's the weather you, you, report? You get up out of you know Bell Road up to you know Trinity, and it's no fun. Um, Noon, uh, which is Nashville time, Central time, 1 yeah. o'clock Eastern. 75 uh, degrees, 15% chance of oh, rain. okay. Uh, and that's what it is. 15% oh, chance of rain, 70, 74, 75, uh, and virtually no wind. So, great. So uh, it'll be uh, a higher, great drier news. track. Uh, yeah. You know, but 15%, people misunderstand what that means. 15% chance of rain doesn't necessarily mean there's only a 15% chance it will rain. It means it will rain. There's only a 15% chance it will rain on you. Uh, so... You know, that's fascinating. Yeah, Yeah, people do that all wrong. Okay. Partly cloudy versus partly sunny. We'll get that in (laughs) between the break. No, the difference between that. It will rain. So it just just means it will be small spots. Yes, and there's only a 15% chance it will rain on you. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's going to rain. It just, where's it going to rain? Hopefully it doesn't rain over the stadium. Okay, there you go. Doppler radar will be (laughs) more. But it's not like there's a big, you know, round of showers moving in. Yeah. Uh, you know, though, did you see it's going to be like 30, 30 degrees for a low on Wednesday morning yeah. here? Well, that's the yeah. that's the front that's coming in, apparel. Look at me. Look at me. Listen, do you? We got the uh, barometric pressure Joe drop birds. Uh, in, in the forecast. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about the Falcons of the Titans. Look, here, here's the thing. Isn't it really a case, guys, where, and I know I'm getting way over my skis, but I can't help it. I, I, I look at this team and I think, we got to pull John. I, you got to pull me in. <laughs> because... The only thing holding this team back, on the that only thing flying. holding this team back is the quarterback play. And if the quarterback just gets out of his own way, because he can make plays, but if he gets out of his own way and doesn't throw interceptions, uh, dumb interceptions and have dumb fumbles, if he just gets out of his own way and cleans his act up and does the good parts and not the bad parts, limits the bad parts, and the offense starts to move, I, I, what's to stop the team? <laughs> I, Except themselves. 
So the Bill Cower line to Ben Roethlisberger, the rookie out of Miami of Ohio, was don't lose it, Ben, right? So you're mm-hmm. saying don't lose it, Desmond. He's got guys all, all right. around him offensively. All right. He's got guys to all to go, around him. Don't go you to Florida, South Georgia. Is that just, what we'd have to do? Just a few minutes ago, Dolman is the number two rated center in the league right By now. PFF, you know, yeah. yeah. And, and some people say, "Oh, that's that's a worthless." Would you rather statistic. have him number twenty two? <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and you got Lindstrom. You got your tackle plays getting better. You got improvements that we just mentioned. Uh, the Nerdy Birds. I go to that site just to. Find a stat that I never would have thought existed, but they do in, yeah. in release in time. Got some yeah, release time. There. And uh, you know, sense. we are number seven in terms of on third down in October, um, <laughs> uh, in, in a fifteen percent chance of of it raining. Well, but did we we're say number that? seventeen Wait. in the league? When Sean Murphy came to the Rays, didn't we say we talk about pop time? Right, that's right. right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And yeah. didn't you pop see time. that this year? Yeah. I mean, phew, man. I mean, it was like, okay, that's an upgrade. <laughs> yeah. No, but John, I mean, so quarterback play is one, and then yeah. a, a, an edge rusher we've needed for about 40, 50, 60 You years get somebody now. to go alongside <laughs> Calais. Well, I mean, Beasley did lead the NFL in sacks, you know, the year in 2016. Yeah, and he got 10 of them against the Raiders, no, against the Cowboys and the Broncos. Well, and he had a in strip two games, sack. He had 10 sacks. He had, a, he had a, a, a pressure sack, strip. Fumble recovery touchdown against the Rams. Right, and then they figured him out. A game. And they figured him out, and they said, "Oh, just take a step further and run him past the quarterback." Mm-hmm. And then he wasn't a threat at all. You know, but but, but since John Abraham, really, I mean, yeah. for a consistent uh, pass rusher here, you know, I mean, you have to go yeah. back to when he was just, you know, what 2012 or so, 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no, I mean, but this is why I wonder about the trade. But it's interesting because one thing I have learned about Terry Fontenot is that when they said that Terry Fontenot is the best evaluator of professional football talent in the game, I think you've seen that over the last couple of years. He was able to go out and get one-year guys, you know, you know, and, and turn them into one-year guys, you know, at the end of their careers who could, uh, you know, make you relevant because the Falcons were relevant into, you know, Christmas and into the new year in both those seasons and, and do it with nothing. You know who used to be great at that? Al Davis. Okay, well, he get another guy. He brought Jim Plunkett in. You two Super Bowls right. later, how are you doing with that, Al? You okay with that? Right. And the Redskins were good at doing that as well. And so, you and know, if we're good at that too, absolutely. Well, That's look, a blessing in disguise. Jeff Akuda, yeah, I mean, Jesse, a number one, yeah, right. Jesse Bates. Now you start to look at you know, oh, Calais Campbell's too. Old. Oh, I don't think he's too old. Calais Campbell's still out there, Reggie White and people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so it's I mean, not much, but that hundred sack, it took a while to get it. And and, uh, and you cannot. And I tried to tell people, look, he knows Terry Fontenot. If he's this good at this, which I think he is, then he knows what Onyemata means uh, to to the Saints' defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, so does Ryan Nielsen because he got, they go, that's that's the guy. He changes everything for us. And and I said, so you got to believe he's going to change, and he has. And, He's probably been the. I think, in a way, he's been the single biggest addition. I mean, Bates has played great. Don't get me wrong; he's been a, you know a phenomenal safety. But that that uh, defensive line has changed. Now we just got to get the other guy on the other edge, so that it's not all the pressure's not just up the middle. Yeah, and if we're talking about the front office, you know, Terry Fontenot, his name is the one who's thrown out, and I do it all the time because he is kind of the face and holds ultimate 
responsibility and accountability for the front office. But I do just want to give shout-outs to Ryan Pace and Kyle Smith, the assistant GM oh, and the yeah. director of pro- right. player personnel, who have done an amazing job, again, in identifying, especially some of the pro players, the free agents that they've signed. I think there are some, you know, you can have some gripes with some of the draft picks they've made. You know, Bikati is a second-round pick, trading up for him. Um, D'Angelo Malone as well. Troy Anderson, we'll see what happens with him. Um, some of the picks you can maybe have some quibbles with, but with what they've done in the player, per, the pro personnel side of it, I mean, it's been near flawless. And thank goodness it has been because, um, you know, it's set this team up to be in a really good spot right now. Are you happy with Nate Lamon? Oh, ecstatic. I'm he ecstatic. Is, did you see Brian Baldinger's uh, like breakdowns of him this no, week? I so good. I mean, the guy is always, not only is he hitting hard, but he's always just punching around the ball, just being a nuisance, you know, just try, always trying to make something happen. Yeah. But he's got he's got a versatility to his game where he could be a guy who, you know, tracks you down, you know, horizontally across the field east-west and, and tries to knock a ball out. But he could also just get up into a guard's face and just blow him back into the backfield. Yeah. He's one of those surprises. Last year I go, hey, they don't want to get rid of this guy. Yeah. What's he got that I'm yeah. not seeing? And now yeah. we're getting to see what he's got. Heavy-handed. That's how Arthur Smith calls him. He's heavy-handed. Heavy-handed. Better than heavy footed, because if you're heavy yes, footed, that means you're slow. You're not an all compass player, north, south, east, and west. Or heavy headed, which means you're. you're... I'm not a box of rocks. <laughs> I can count. It is Four. the Wayport Tailgate Show ahead of a Falcons football Sunday on your home of the Falcons Sports Radio 92 and the game. It is a Falcons football Sunday. Falcons and Titans, a one o'clock kick. In Did you have a crush City? on Dolly Parton? Anytime. She's like 75, dude. Back in the day. No, no. no. She's also about 5'2. Yeah, she's tiny. Yeah, I'm I like 5'9, like 5'10. Five, five, like My appreciation for her is she plays open G guitar tuning. When she's on stage, because it doesn't mess up her uh, her fingernails. Yeah, I have no idea what that means, but okay. <laughs> when she plays guitar, it's tuned to open G, and she can I'm, play, I and that's that what she does. All right. Open G. Um, are the Falcons, the fingernails. Are the uh, Falcons, you know, in tune right now offensively? That's going to be the Ooh. big question here, right? Uh, Look so, at you. Nice segue. That was, that I love was it. great. That was, yeah. that was expertly done. Uh, Drake London talking this week about uh, the fact that the Falcons' offense has been its own worst enemy. Here's Drake. Stop shooting ourselves in the foot. But at the end of the day, like we get down there, we do all that work to get down there, and it's like, you know, you're like a little kid. You see that candy in the cookie jar, and you can't grab it because it's on top of the fridge. You know, we got to get that stool so we can get up top of the fridge. So it's like, it's just little things that we gotta uh, that we gotta separate ourselves from. At the end of the day, separate ourselves from the pack. And um, once we do that, I think with all the opportunities that I, that we had, I think. We're going to be a really good team. All right, so uh, the only dispute I have with this, you know, little story that Drake told Joe Patrick <laughs> is that these aren't little things; these are gigantically big things. They're bad throws into the end zone. I mean, you have turnovers at the one, turnover in the end zone, turnover at the goal line. I mean, these are game killing and possibly season killing kind of things if you don't correct them. Yeah. So I think what the 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 impact of the mistakes. Are are way outsized to the the error that is actually taking place that makes that that causes the mistake. I don't know if that makes any sense at all, but like carrying the ball in the correct hand is a small adjustment that you make to fix. 
But when you don't do it, it creates a big problem. Center quarterback exchange. Taking a snap at the one-yard line. Again, yes, exactly. So I think that's what Drake's talking about there. By the way, it was funny. That audio was recorded on Wednesday. When we were back in the locker room on Thursday, he was like, yeah, I said candy in the cookie jar. I don't know why I said that. I meant to say the cookies. (laughs) He's still thinking about his quote. But um, no, I mean, I think that he's totally right that you you have to get these things straight. Now, for as optimistic as we've been on this show today, um, it is unsustainable to keep on doing what the Falcons have done these last couple weeks. I think that it's our opinion that they will get some of these things straightened out because they are not, they're very fixable mistakes. I think that that's why that's the glass half full take on, on all this. And especially the errors we saw last week is it's just, it's very fixable. The, what the mistakes that they're making left foot, right foot, getting an inside position versus outside, Improving just the little things in the red zone, um, I I hear a guy that's oozing with confidence in in a way where he's not boasting because we we don't have anything to boast about at five and three or four and three. However, if we if we do get one of these little, I mean, now we're gonna we're scoring touchdowns left and right, and the league will have a hard time stopping us. That's what we said at the beginning of the year with the weapons that they have now, yeah. especially with a healthy Cordero. If you believe Bijan's going to be back, you know, and you know they do have a. I mean, they got three running backs that, that it's got to be the best running back room in the entire NFL. Who's going to have a better running back room than Algier, Robinson, yeah. and Cordero? Nobody. Well, not Tennessee because they've only got two. So they can't. They don't have three guys in the room. That's if right. you count the coach. But three <laughs> only two guys that are playing. You know, I, I, I loved the way that this team ran the ball last week, even without Bijan. Maybe, maybe because... Bijan was not available. It seemed like the offense had a different attitude in the way that they were running the football. Like Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson, especially, it's almost like they were like seeking out people to yeah. try to run over. You they know, like there was contact. that different mentality. Yes. It was like a and and I thought the offensive line was even like like a little bit. They were doing less of the wide zone stuff, trying to stretch teams out horizontally. It looked like they were just trying to do more like gap scheme. Let's just beat these guys up in front of us. And there, I thought it worked out well. There's a buzz that I got when I was playing in high school and college when a guy would run by and make contact and go, man, yeah, yeah. that dude, I'm not going to hit harder because I know he's Exa- hitting hard. Yeah. And I think the offensive line kind of feeds off that. When you're and B. Offensive, John, yeah. nothing against Bijan. He he's not a, a, adverse to contact, but he's at he's in his element when he's avoiding mm-hmm, exactly. contact and making yep. guys whiff, yep. and they uh, they reach and he's not there anymore. So it's a different type, and you need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, part of your diversity in terms of your offense is: Do I have a guy that they can't tackle, or do I have a guy that can run over you and still gain three yards? And we have both. You were um, talking about Desmond and his growth as a player, yeah. And you saw something or heard something that you wanted to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of take so us inside. I, on. I think this is really important for fans to to understand. So, um, Desmond, I guess he's been doing this since he has taken over as a starting quarterback. But what he does every day after practice, because we see him kind of herding cats in the locker room, he hold he conducts a meeting that he runs. Uh, but it's players only. There's no coaches in there. And I thought that one of the quotes he had about it was interesting where he said that there's no coaches, so there's no wrong answers when we get in there. I thought that was a, I thought that was an interesting kind of turn of phrase for him to say because it, it really does makes it seem like there are real honest conversations that you can have. And what they're what they're talking about in these meetings is it's every day after practice, and they go back and watch the film of practice to talk about the routes that were run and and you know how things can be improved, what was great, what you want to adjust in terms of timing, uh, depth of routes, all these kinds of like little details. But I think that that is really where we're seeing this Falcons team really improve over these last few weeks is getting those details ironed out 
a little bit better, and it's allowed them to have more success in the air. But I just think that it's really important for a young quarterback like Desmond Ritter. I mean, it really shows his leadership ability. And you talk to other players, and they say they'll tell you, you know, he's a vocal leader, and he's a guy that we really believe in. Do you well, expect after you know two weeks removed from? Uh, a horrific day passing the football with such bad decisions being made, especially in the final five minutes of the game. And then from last week where you had two horrifically bad fumbles, uh, you know, at, uh, in the goal line situation, uh, that uh, Desmond's going to clean these. We hear about it. Are they going to get this little stuff that Drake was talking about fixed? Are they going to be able to get the, the candy jar on the stool? Is that going to happen today or what? Are you happy as a parent when your kid fails a test or gets a D and then he goes into his room and he has a, a, a buddy come over and they, 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 they work on their homework together. You have a problem with that? I don't at all. So the coaches shouldn't have a problem with that either. And I, as fans, we're going, oh, he's doing a little extra work? Awesome. Mm-hmm. When I was roommates with Scott Case, Scott was cut by the Falcons and he goes over to Dallas. I call him in the middle of the season. I say, hey, man, what's going on? He goes, you would not believe this team. Dallas Cowboys, mid-90s. Our best player, Michael Irvin, he's the hardest working guy on the field. Mm. And he runs routes after practice every day with Troy, working on stuff that they've already worked on. Mm -hmm. They went through walkthrough. They went through practice. They're exhausted. And at the end of practice, they do another 10 or 15 routes. Hey, Michael, run that out route one more time. Do it one more time. He goes, the hardest working guys on our team are the best guys on our team. And that so if if Desmond is doing extra work after practice and then he's the one – that's holding court, mm-hmm. and he's saying, come on in, let's go, receivers. Mm-hmm. Hey, running backs, get in here. O-line, I need to talk to you. Man, that's 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 such a blessing in disguise that you've got your guys that are going to be your future that are working hard right now, like you would want a veteran, yeah. like Tom Brady would do, like any player in the league, Matt Ryan back in the day for the Falcons, anybody. Go and, ahead. And I think that that's the example where Arthur Smith, he'll often say, you know, you won't find a more accountable player than Des. He's an honest player. He, t- you know, he takes account. And I think that that is kind of – that's where that. Oh, manifests. that's great, but I mean, can he hang on to the football? Right, exactly. Of course, of course. I mean, I oh, he's a leader. He's you know, he's an honest guy. Okay, great. Don't fumble. Okay, that's all I can tell you. Yeah, you know, turn around, hand. Yeah. You got. We just talked about it. All you have to do, you're a point guard, dude. You're a point guard. Yeah. You don't have to win us a game. You just have to not lose us the game, like you almost have in the last couple of weeks. Just don't lose it for us. Get the ball into the hands, distribute. You're a point guard. You know what I'm saying? That's all you got to do. All right, this portion of the uh, Wait For Tailgate show is brought to you by Park Credit Union, the official credit union of Georgia State Athletics. As we talk about the Falcons and the Tennessee Titans today, is there anything uh, about uh, you know Arthur Smith going home, so to speak, his NFL home, uh, going back to Tennessee? Uh, is there anything about uh, going up there that, uh, of course, he's now three years removed, from being, you know, the Titans OC. Well, it's his first time back. He 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 cut his teeth there. Absolutely. And it's the Legends weekend. So Billy White Shoes Johnson is the legend of the game for this one. Our guy. Yeah. I yeah. think there's a coincidence, yeah. you know, but I want to see him do the accordion dance yeah. and I want to see a bunch of our wide receivers do the accordion. They're going to have 170 guys there that are former yeah. and they were going to the new Titans as well as the uh, oil Derek back in the oh, day, the Oilers. I, you just reminded me, I can't wait to see those unis. Yeah. Well, I think those are the best throwbacks. You know, I mean, Arthur Smith was like kind of part of the furniture there in, in Tennessee. Like he, I mean, he was there for a decade. You don't hear about many coaches who are around in one place for Maybe maybe it was nine years he was there, but for a long time. And he that, went up that, through the ranks, correct? I mean, he was yeah, like yeah. He started an assistant a, and a, like a tight end coach or something yeah, and yeah. worked his way up to offensive coordinator. Yeah, offensive right? line. Yeah, he's an offensive line coach, tight ends coach. Yeah, and then, Arthur uh, Smith, Frank Bush, Jerry Gray, Steve Jackson, Mike, Matt Pease, Dave Rangone, 
uh, Rustin Webster, who is a senior personnel executive, Steve Hoffman, Bud Dupree, John o. Smith, Michael Pruitt, Logan Woodside, uh, Ela Kanu, and Billy White Shoes Johnson all have ties to the current Falcon team mm-hmm. that have Tennessee ties. Or in Billy's case, Houston Oil ties. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I just threw Billy in there just because. No, I know. It's great. When I got here in 1991, I said, hey, Billy, how old are you? He said, I'm 48 years old. When I left in in uh, 1997, I just, by the I had forgotten. I go, Billy, how old are you? He goes, I'm 44. He's the only guy I know that in six years had, had, had gotten younger in his life. So Billy's probably about 28 today uh, working on his time frame. Benjamin Button. Uh, I think the big question, to have a little fun with this, is uh, will there be the vest swap between uh, Mike Vrabel and Arthur Smith after the game? I'm yeah. guessing no. That's kind of the sense that I'm getting. And that's mainly, I think, due to Vrabel. I don't think Vrabes was really like taking the uh, vest swap idea too, too Well, kindly. at least he's not a hoodie guy. You know, he played yeah, for the hoodie, yeah. and uh, uh, he has his own little demeanor, which is, I think, anti-hoodie. I'm anything, but I'm the vest guy. Yeah, yeah. But I've I think, and vest. I think, Tar- I think Arthur's kind of taken the vest as like, you know, I'm a, I'm a Vrabel descendant. Uh, you know, so I'm, you know, and maybe, maybe Arthur's, uh, you know, coordinators or that become former coaches will continue to wear the vest all, as this. You well, know, my new, dad was a new a belt buckle. Nobody, nobody in the league went with the big belt buckle. <laughs> yeah. That was Jerry only, and uh, you know, things have changed, obviously. In the day, but uh, I think back to the original question. I think he will pay his respects. I think he'll take a bow for a few moments of humility to go. This is this is a place that's very special to me. It always has been. It always will be. It's it's my first, and so I will treat it with respect and this team with respect. But we're gonna, you know, once the opening kickoff, it's time to beat those guys badly. I'm sure he would love to beat them badly. Talking about the Falcons and the Titans as we get ready for football today in Tennessee. Uh, kind of an old-school uh, rock'em, sock'em, robots kind of game. Uh, you expect a lot of ground to pound from both teams, and we'll see if the Falcons can you know, exploit the secondary. We talked about uh, Kevin Bayer being traded, their star veteran safety, and Roger McCreary, arguably their best defensive back, their nickelback, uh, is uh, out injured. But, Joe, we had this when we went up against, we being the Falcons, went up against Detroit, which was depleted in the secondary, and mm-hmm. you couldn't take advantage of it then. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. But, I, again, I think that this this passing game is at a different stage than they were at at that point. And I think it even took them a couple weeks from that Lions game all the way through the Jacksonville game until they really got things sorted out. But I have so much more confidence in this passing game now. And you do think that you have to think that they can take more advantage of these teams who have weaknesses in the secondary, considering, again, Desmond Ritter's thrown for the second most yards in the NFL over the last three weeks. All right. Concerns for the game beyond the obvious of, uh, you know, ball security. And uh, Harper and Joe view this game. We'll do that next as we continue from the Kia Studios. We have football today, 11 o'clock this morning. Mike Johnson, Chris Goforth will join the network as we bring you the network pregame show. And then the call of the game, 1 o'clock kick, Wes and Dave, live from Nissan Stadium in Nashville. It's Falcons and Titans. It's game day for the Atlanta Falcons on your home of the Falcons, Sports Radio 92 on the game. It is a Falcons football Sunday. Harper LaBelle, Joe Patrick, John Fricky with you as we take you in 20 minutes to the network. And for those of you who should have been a cowboy, and the only reason I know this song is my wife happens to be a big Toby Keith fan, um... Uh, we get ready for the Falcons, or is it maybe the Red Stallions? This one is the Red Stallions. Ah, uh, yes, please do. 
The Tennessee Titans did a thing where they went down into the district and they started asking so fans. They showed them before the year, you know, when you do the schedule release video and they showed them the, all the teams that were going to face just the logo. And they said, you know, what team is this? And and they, they purposely sought out people who don't know anything about football. <laughs> yeah. And the girl said, uh, I looked at the Falcons logo and said, that's the Red Stallions. And, and Joe, the Falcons have had a lot of fun with it. Oh, totally. I mean, it, it's it's one of the best kind of like digital media things that, that any of these NFL teams have done in years. I mean, it's just just amazing and yeah it's it is a lot of fun and and that's what like what a lot of this should be about it should be about having fun you know and and beating beating kicking butt uh on sundays but uh man it's gonna be fun it should be a fun one today all right let's talk about uh, this uh, game in particular harper uh give me some of your keys to the game uh, what we expect because i you know i think largely uh, no matter what you expect is probably going to be another one of those knockdown drag out fist fights between these two teams yeah both teams can stop the run but what are you going to do offensively? Let's throw the ball. Why wouldn't you? You've got a couple of guys that are out. Roger McCurry, has, uh, uh, he's done for the this game. Um, he's, a, he's a starter for him. I mean, he's a good guy. And then uh, Elijah Molden was cleared to play, although he had a hamstring. So he's in there. But uh, is it Amani Hooker? And then who else? When you, when you miss out with Kevin Baird with the trade, you get back Terrell Edmonds. So he's brand new. Mm-hmm. Now – Cover that guy, he can do that. But it, within the system, we don't know. Eric Garrar is a guy that they're going to bring up from the practice squad to play nickel. Uh, they claimed Kavon Wallace off of waivers uh, from Arizona. So they've got a secondary that may have some confusion. So with our configuration where we go with three ti- uh, uh, three wides on one side and then one goes in motion and they get set and another goes in motion the opposite way, I think that we may create a little bit of confusion, and hopefully Desmond will be able to exploit that, especially down the field. Not just a five-yard completion, but maybe right. down the field and go over the top a little bit more. That, to me, isn't the key of the game, but it's certainly going to be one of those things that, boy, we might be able to throw the ball against these guys. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm focused on on the other side of the ball. I think it's one of those matchups that, that fal- favors the uh, Falcons' defense so heavily that you got to make sure that you're actually – taking advantage of that, going up against what is likely to be a rookie quarterback and Will Levis, uh, as long as as well as this Titans offensive line has you know, not been as solid as we've seen it in past years. It just definitely feels like uh, one of those games where you should be getting to the quarterback several times. And beyond even just getting to the quarterback, can you actually create points potentially? Could you score it even to touchdown this one? And if not, maybe you do something more like what you did against Carolina in week one where you set yourself up for some short fields with some turnovers. All right, let's talk about the other side of the coin, which is biggest concerns. I'll start with you, Joe. Uh, Your biggest concern, my biggest concern when you're facing the Tennessee Titans is one and only concern. His name is Derrick Henry. Yeah, yeah. Because he can, he can, he can break one tackle and go the distance on you. And that, that is the unique threat that he presents to anybody. Now you would hope that because of Arthur Smith's kind of familiarity and so many of the Falcons personnel's familiarity with the Titans and with him in particular, that they would be a little bit, they would be ready for that kind of have an idea of how to tackle him. But yeah, it's always going to be a threat. That's why Tennessee is, is dangerous and has been as consistently able to compete with some of these top teams in the NFL for as long as they have run the ball, stop the run, win the game. Yeah, but when we've played them in the past and what other teams, okay, you stop him or slow him down. You know, you get Michael Jordan that's averaging 32 points a game. If you get him at 28, did you really win it? And so my way of looking at this is uh, you better not, not let Tannehill beat you. You know what I mean? When you were playing a healthy Tannehill, doggone it, they went over. Ah, oh, we right. stopped Henry, but we didn't win the game. 
So now you've got these two rookies that we're told are both going to get some playing time. And what's their really? Is it going to be 2.68 seconds? Is it going to be 2.7? And are we going to get four or five sacks because they're holding on to the ball a little bit too long because nobody's open down the field? That that to me, boy, we can yeah. you know we we can make a rookie quarterback look like a rookie. Yeah. And if we do that today, I think uh, I, I really it, like my chances. Even last last week, this team was actually sending some really creative blitzes at Baker Mayfield, specifically with the safeties. Both Demarco Hellum was close to getting a sack, almost got Baker down before he was able to get rid of it. Uh, Jesse Bates also missed a sack. I really like what Ryan Nielsen is dialing up with some of these creative blitzes that he can use because he runs such a um, heavy man coverage, uh, man coverages anyways, that you can kind of do some a lot, a lot of interesting manipulations off of that that bring got some guys into the back into the backfield that teams don't typically expect to see. Or if a rookie, then you get the two inside linebackers, have one of them come every now and then yep. just to be that extra pressure that you put and force the ball to come out early. The tailgate show brought to you by the W Sauce, the official sauce of our tailgate, bigger, better, bolder. Uh, visit. The W Sauce today to WSauce.com today to find a retailer near you. Let me let me ask you this. The first time, Harper, that we've seen the Atlanta Falcons have the full complement of that running back room at full speed, we think, as long as Bijan's 100 percent and I assume he is. Uh, so you got Bijan, you got Tyler, and now you got a full speed Cordero Patterson. There are a lot of options to work off that. I mean, the Joker thing with Cordero, uh, you know, Bijan into the flat, you know, Tyler. I mean, the, the, there's gonna be really interesting to me to see how they actually use this uh, three-headed kind of monster going forward. Yeah, and he may only get eight, ten carries, but Cordero with the fresh legs, just popping into guys, hitting guys hard, and then getting up first and running back into the huddle, you know, and just seeing the hair flow in the back and just watching him uh, as a, what, 12, 13-year vet playing like he's, you know, a rookie. Um, I think that picks up the pace with everybody else, too. And I really I th- do. And I think, you know, speaking about CP in particular, I think that that's why it, what we saw in Tampa Bay last week is one of the reasons why this team was like not really in a rush to get him out on the field early in the season because he is that kind of back. He's the kind of back who's going to inflict a lot of pain on defenders. But, you know, you take some damage yourself when, when you're running like that. And so um, I think it's just great to see him finally getting in a groove. I do think that, to your point, like it will be interesting to see I, I want them to keep that same kind of attitude again. We that nastiness that it seemed like they were running with last week with Bijan as one of the ball, the primary ball carriers for you. And I'm interested to just see how that how that works itself out. Will they do some different things with Bijan running the ball like they than they had done earlier in the season, or will they use some of the concepts that they were using last week with Bijan? I think we're going to learn a lot about that today. Yeah, the only time we've really seen you know this team, I think, unveil its offense that that we expect to see. Uh, or could see potentially is in, in the game against Houston, which is why I think if you look at that game and you think about, you know, Scott, Scott Miller on, you know, and now it's Cordero Patterson or something, and we're running, you know, jet sweeps and we're running, you know, this play and that play, and we're we're actually getting into the playbook, which we yeah. haven't been able to do yeah. the last couple of weeks because we shot ourselves into the foot. And and couldn't get, actually get into that playbook. Yeah, and, and uh, there were fans that were kind of questioning whether Arthur Smith had lost his luster as a play caller. Uh, I don't think he forgot how to call plays or draw plays or design stuff. I think that a lot of this is due to you got to try to work with what you have at the time, and then hopefully, to your point, John, you can grow into it, expand things a little bit more, and start to diversify the offense even more. It obviously, creates and, more and problems. Limited to touches. You, BJ Bijan does not play a lot, and you still win. With the other guys, I mean, you you can take one of your guys out of the lineup. That's not many teams can do that yeah. and still be productive enough to be able to win a, a division game. That was awesome. It is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show, top of the hour. The network jumps in here. Mike Johnson and Chris Goforth 
One o'clock kick with Wes and Dave on the call, live in your home with the Falcons. Red Stallions, Falcons, however you want to look at it. On Sports Radio, 92 on the game. Wait for Tailgate Show, final little segment for us. This portion brought to you by Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster is the official ticket marketplace of the Falcons in the NFL. Busy day on the station. We're taking you to the network in about uh, four minutes from now with Mike Johnson and, of course, Chris Goforth. One o'clock kick, Wes and Dave. Uh, stay tuned for the Falcons flyover immediately after the game. And then uh, right into the Atlanta Hawks against Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks tonight on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. All right, guys, uh, time for a little prediction. And, and Harper, i got to say, you made a really good point that I hope has no bearing on this game uh, earlier in the program when you talked about Bradley Pinion being sick and being out for this game and how, you know, okay, but punters, but no, the holder. And hopefully that does not come into play here for young way Koo. Uh, and because I don't think it's going to come down to a coup kick like it did last week. I just don't, but hopefully it doesn't. Yeah, what do you think it's going to come down to? Because last week you were right. You had a couple of that's college right. games we... that you were right. You're uh, Nostradamus right now. You're, you're the guy that's coming away with some pretty interesting predictions. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to the Falcons' defense getting a couple of cr- uh, critical turnovers. Uh, you know, one uh, in the first half that leads to a score and one to seal the game in the second half. We need some of those. And, yeah, I think that they're going to you know get a couple come of on, those. Come on, defense. Things, let's you know. go. Let's get we're minus seven right now in the turnover uh, yeah. margin. I'm, I'm with John. I think the defense scores some points today. That'll, that'll be my big prediction. Uh, I I think they get a pick six or maybe maybe a yeah a strip sack uh for a score uh scoop and score might be the low scoring option. game for me because both defenses are good and uh Tennessee is that that's that's keeping them in ball games yeah they're two and five they've had some problems uh but I mentioned earlier Mike Rabel is five and oh coming off the bye since he's been there so they haven't lost they take advantage of that well. I think they're secondary and they've got some problems there. They've got some injuries and some new people. That is something that we can expose. But uh, our third down percentage, we're 39% on the, on the season so far. Their defense gives up 40%. So very close similarities right there. Fourth down, we're about the same. We've got 20 sacks. They've got 23 sacks. So there are a lot of similarities. Uh, if you look at yards and some of these other things that are part of it, um, Desmond Ritter, he's going to be the difference maker. If he has a good game, I like what I like my chances. If he doesn't, I, I don't think that uh, Willis or any of the guys that they're going to use as a quarterback today are going to make a difference for them. The Vegas markets have this game as the lowest point total scored of the of all the NFL slate today at thirty five. Oh, is the over under the implied score would be nineteen sixteen Falcons because the Falcons are favored by two and a half in this one. So I think that says something about the way that Vegas thinks about both these teams. The fact that the Falcons are actually favored on the road. Uh, probably the first time that's been the case in over a year, yep. over When's probably the last since 2021, maybe on the road. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah we'll that, have to go to the Nerdy Birds for that. Yeah, yeah. The last road win prior to last week was Week Three in, against Seattle uh, but to last get year. Two in a row. On yeah, the to road. get two. In, that, yeah, that, two that's in a row. Been a while since we've done that. Too. Unheard of. Unheard of. But I think the Falcons. It could be one of those ones where it does stay close. But I think the Falcons kind of pull away when you force Tennessee to try to have to score points with a rookie quarterback under center. I think things could get ugly for them late. That's what I'm hoping for, and hopefully another Falcons win and a chance to, you know, go up by a game and a half or so in the standings, it? right? How about that? You know, let's see if they can't make it back-to-back wins away from home and start a new trend for Desmond Ritter. Maybe a trend where he doesn't turn the ball over quite so much. How about that? We'll just start there. Uh, for uh, Harper LaBelle and Joe Patrick, I'm John Fergare. Producer Noel White, we stand by now for the network, and we'll get uh, Chris Goforth and Mike Johnson, the pregame show, in just a few seconds, and then uh, call the game, 1 o'clock kick in Nashville. As the Falcons take on the Titans on your home of the Falcons, Sports Radio 92 on the game.